0: Welcome to Stemming and Stilettos with Dr. Tasha, a podcast for and about women of color in STEM. These women are brave, beautiful, and brilliant. Their stories deserve and need to be heard. Their voice strong, their message clear, their experiences priceless. Now let's welcome this wonderful winning woman of color to the show. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Steaming in Stilettos with Dr. Tasha. And of course, you know, we're back with another fabulous guest. Today we have Alyssa Carson and I can't even tell you how excited I am. Um, I just want to take this time to really thank you for agreeing to be on the show. So thank you, Alyssa. And how are you?
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no problem, I'm really excited to be here. And yeah, it's a pretty good day today. (laughs)
0: <laughs> that's good that's good so um as we do uh, on every show the very first question and the whole idea of the podcast is for you to tell us your stem story so Alyssa tell us your stem story
1: yeah, pretty much for me. I've always been interested in space and STEM ever since I was a little girl. So I got fascinated really, really young. Um, pretty much, you know, I don't remember everything from when I was that young, but my dad does remember me coming in and asking questions about space and STEM, and you know, pretty much anything. You know, is space real? You know, are there are astronauts real? I knew absolutely nothing. Um, but no one <laughs> in my family really came from a space or science background, and so. My dad pretty much just told me the little bit he knew about the missions to the moon and that, you know, I could possibly be involved with stuff in the future. And so that definitely piqued my interest. And then from then on, I was pretty much just looking to gather any sort of information about space. So um, eventually I ended up going to space camp for the first time when I was seven. And space camp is just where I fully blossomed. I was like finally learning all this information about space that I had been trying to learn and you know around life-size rockets and building my own model rocket and simulators and you know playing the mission of an astronaut it was just pretty much like my equivalent to disney world and i had an absolute blast continued going to space camp and then pretty much from then on i was just had this fascination with space and wanted to start working on how to get involved in the industry so essentially from then i have been continuing to build my resume Uh, To eventually apply to the astronaut selection process. So whether that is, you know, getting involved with Project Possum and doing research campaigns, working with spacesuits, microgravity flights. Um, Of course, continuing my education, studying astrobiology now. um, To eventually take more of like a scientist route into the selection process. Yeah, really just continuing to build my resume in any way that I can. Getting my pilot's license, scuba diving, you name it. Uh, I'm trying to do it pretty much.
0: Wow, that that is, I have so many questions. Okay. So, um, I feel like I'm a nerd at heart and I say that with all affection. Um, but so when I have guests on the show, I'm entirely curious about like how they got from one place to the other. Um, I want to go back, um, to talk about your time at space camp. Um, did you only, where's you, Were you, did you only attend one time or did you go like every successive year after that? And then, For those people who don't know what Space Camp is, can you go into a little bit more detail about about it?
1: Yeah, totally, yeah. So I went to Space Camp for the first time when I was seven and pretty much went every single year after that until I was 18. Um, Sometimes multiple times a year, but that was pretty rare. Um, but yeah, pretty much space camp pretty much became my second family. Um, we became very close with everyone there, but essentially what space camp is, is, um, it's like a summer camp. They have it year round though. Um, but you can pretty much go for a week and learn all about space history, the future of space. They have different simulators that can simulate, you know, a tumble spin or what it's like walking on the moon. Um, you also have different simulated missions where you can play the role of an astronaut Maybe you'll be a pilot or a commander in charge of this flight and you're in a simulator, you're having to flip the buttons, talk on the talk on the comms, or maybe you're doing a pretend spacewalk and you have to go fix some solar panels and put it on a spacesuit to be able to go do that. And so um they really kind of put you in the environment of of um yeah, working in space. They also have other programs as well in Aviation Challenge, which is a more military-based fighter jet uh themed camp. Um you learn a lot about survival. They also have a cyber camp, a robotics camp, um, depending on your interests system.
0: Wow. Okay. And so you went from the age of seven to, to 18. So were you, so I mean, I guess, well, I'm assuming that it's not the same thing every year. Um, and so you were able to move up into more complex things the, the more, um, the every year that you moved that you were at, at space camp. So what did you end up doing when you were, you know, when you got to, you know, 16, 17, 18?
1: Yeah. So pretty much the way Space Camp is divided up is it's pretty much divided by age group. Um, And so, like, as you get older, you're able to do more, like, into Mm -hmm. things. So, for example, like, once you reach, like, 16, then you're able to, like, go diving in their, um, in their, like, underwater tank. And, you know, you definitely progress. And. I definitely, you know, made my way around the different types of camps as well, which all had their respective like age ranges. So I did, like I said, all the different programs that they have. I definitely tried all of them. Um, They're all super fun. Um, So I was pretty much trying different camps. But even if I did go to, I guess, quote unquote, the same camp uh, multiple times. Uh, I definitely thought it was an entirely different experience because you had like a different counselor, different people teaching you. So like one person may tell you this really awesome story that the last one did not So you're really able to like learn a whole lot about space because you were getting so many different perspectives on it. So I always felt like I was learning something new, even if it was, you know, the same camp. Yeah,
0: yeah. No, I I I feel like I want to be a kid again, so I can go to space camp. <laughs> space
1: camp is ages nine to ninety-nine. Never oh, too late. So I can go. Yes, they do have adult space camp.
0: <laughs> uh oh! Don't tell me that. Don't tell me. <laughs> so, w- before we leave, you're going to have to give me the website. I say give me the website, but you can give it to my audience too, because um, I I feel like I need this experience in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I just yeah that's this is gonna that's probably gonna happen just yeah that's probably gonna happen so you leave space camp you leave high school um, and then where do we go
1: yeah so um, pretty much you know I'll th- Throughout high school, I was doing stuff outside of school. Um, You know, my senior year is really when I started working on getting my pilot's license. Um, And then I decided to go to Florida Institute of Technology for my undergrad. Um, And that's currently where I still am about to be done with my second year here um, studying astrobiology.
0: Wow. Okay. So explain to me what astrobiology is. I know what biology is, but what is astrobiology?
1: Yeah. So the idea of uh, astrobiology, it's a relatively new major that's um, been coming out, but it's supposed to be more of like a interdisciplinary um, like type of major to where like you could go into bio or planetary science or astrophysics or, you know, it's supposed to give you a wider range of all the sciences and how they apply to space. Um, So technically within the major, you can like go decide whether or not you want to go more into physics, more into chem or more into bio. Um, But typically you are learning all of them. Um, And so I like to think of it as just science and space, Um, just because you do study all the sciences and how they apply to space. Um, So that's kind of how I think about it. But something that has always really fascinated me with astrobiology, which is the main reason why I went into it is just because you, the, like. Idea of how much stuff you can research is just insane. You know, if you could do bacteria in space, plants in space, you could study entire planets as a whole if you wanted to. Um, a lot of people think it relates to aliens. If you want to do aliens, you can do aliens. Right. Um, it's really just such a broad field that you're able to really research or change your mind or you know switch around to be in charge of any sort of science happening in space.
0: So, have you decided if if you know since you will have this broad um, knowledge? of science and space, have you decided to just keep it broad, or are you leaning one way or the other?
1: Yeah, as of right now, I'm leaning slightly more towards bacteria and space. I'm currently mm. in a microbiology lab, and I have gotten way too excited about my little bacterias, so <laughs> I think that currently... <laughs> Currently, I am leaning a little bit more towards the bacteria of space just because I've had so much fun with that. Um, I think it's really, really interesting. But but yeah, that's the cool part because, yeah, I can stick with that for a while or even change later on. So,
0: Wow. I mean, you have options, which is good, which is really good. And so I'm totally fascinated by this major. And I'm dating myself um, when I tell you that this was not even an option. <laughs> it wasn't even a thought. Um, in any I'm trying to think of of my school I went to Kennesaw State I'm in Georgia Um, I went to Kennesaw State and I don't even think this is a major now Um, and it definitely wasn't a major when I was um, when I was there um, you know a a while ago we'll just leave it there (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, I think it's really, I think actually think it's really smart because it does give you so, so many um, options and you can decide if you want to specialize later. Um, so I do want to um, talk about A, what your experience has been or what you, you know, when you were thinking about this experiences, how that relates to you um, being, you know, being a woman. So are you, have you, have, is it that there are um, a lot of women in in, in space, um, in studying space, and in definitely in talking through the idea of a lot of women in astrobiology or in space in general?
1: Yeah, I do think that in general, um, I do think, think that we've had more women join like the space industry. I think there's more female astronauts being selected, um, but I do think that there's a lot of progress still to be made. You know, it takes tens of thousands of people to be able to do anything within space or send an astronaut up and so the next steps are really getting more women across all of those different jobs you know not just the engineers scientists and astronauts you know there are so much more that goes into space um and so i do think that those are like like the next steps um you know my university is very stem and space oriented so i think we're like seven. 20% 20% male, 30% female. So you can definitely kind of like see that gap. I think even sp- more specifically within my major, since it is more of a smaller major, mm-hmm. um, you know, I could probably only name like five other women in my major. Um, there might be more that I just don't know of, but I only know of like five others. Um, so it's definitely a relatively small group um, since it is a small major. Um, so I, I do think that there still are a lot of different areas of space that we still have to, you know, continue Need to gain uh, um, or have more women come into so.
0: Yeah, I think that's. I mean, I think that's right. I mean, the the statistics say that we're still women are still my uh, that we're still a minority um, in in STEM in general, but I'm in science um, science and well, actually, all of them. So I'm not even going to specialize. And so, um, if you could. Um, spend, spend a little bit of time talking through what you believe are some of the next best steps. If you are a girl who is interested in STEM, who is interested in space, who is interested in, you know, biology or any of the scientists in that way or the sciences in that way, what are some next best steps according to you?
1: Yeah, you know, I do think that some of the next things is really trying to teach girls how they can like mix their interests um, and then also really teach girls about some of the really unique jobs that there are available. You know, I do think that uh, in school we get told a lot of like the same traditional jobs where that's doctor, teacher, lawyer all of them are amazing, but we just kind of hear those same couple jobs over and over again. We don't hear about the astrobiologist or, you know, some of these like more uh, unique jobs that they, that these girls have the opportunity to go into. Um, And I think also at the same time, you know, trying to teach girls how to mix their interests. You know, if you like fashion, but also like space, maybe design spacesuits, you know, that's totally something that's an, an, an opportunity. Um, uh, you know, you don't even have to be good at math and science to work in the space industry. You know, if you have an interest in psychology or journalism, a lot of those are just as important um, and such an integral part in what we do with space. Um, so I definitely think that those are a few changes that we need to, like, continue thinking about when we are talking to young girls about the opportunities that they can go into. Um, and then also, you know, for the young girls, it's all about um, looking in your local area, trying to take advantage of any little opportunities, you know, even if if it's like a club at school, um, you know, all those little moments can really make a big difference in you trying to figure out if this is truly something that you're interested in, or maybe even trying to gain a little bit of experience with it. But I would definitely say the biggest, biggest thing is really talking about your dreams and telling people what you're interested in doing. You know, you never know where the opportunities are going to come from. You never know who somebody else knows. So being able to speak about your dreams or tell other people can make a world of a difference. Um, because even if you're just at like your club at school, let's say you're in a robotic club, but maybe you want to do space robotics one day, even mentioning that could lead to a really amazing opportunity that could come next. So really don't be afraid to share what it is you're passionate about.
0: Oh, I love that. I love that. And I think that that is really um, stellar advice because, I mean, you're right. You, you never know where opportunities are coming from. And if you never put it out there, like, hey, I'm interested in rocks. I'm interested in you know, microbes of whatever. Um, you know, people aren't going to, they're not going to know that just by looking at you, right? So you have to put your your interest out there. And so is your plan, um, since you are in, in your second year, um, are you, what are you looking to do for the summer, I guess, or in terms of internships, externships, sort of those opportunities, and are they being offered at your school, or are you looking at NASA or some other um, places in terms of sort of making sure that you're still plugged in and honing honing that interest?
1: Yeah, totally. So I currently have an internship with Jacobs. Um, they're one of NASA's largest contractors. Um, Jacobs does a whole lot of stuff, but I am more specifically on their international space relations team. Um, so I have an involvement with space agencies all over the world um, and figuring out, you know, what they're doing, what we're doing globally within space. So that has been a really unique experience. I started with them in December. um, So it's been a a really unique learning lesson. Um, Eventually, I probably will switch to an internship that is slightly more based in astrobiology. Um, This one has been amazing, um, but it definitely falls a little bit more on to like the business and political side of space, which has been really interesting to learn about, but eventually I'll probably do something more sciencey, I guess. Um, but definitely also this summer, uh, lots of big plans. My summers are always packed, um, (laughs) but I do want to spend some time, um, doing some more flying. So like I have my private pilot's license, but I do want to get my instrument rating, which is like the next step.
0: Mm -hmm. Um,
1: and then kind of the big thing is I'm hoping to do a research analog at sea. So pretty much it's simulating a, mission um and also studying a little bit of the psychology of space so we would essentially be like a crew we're trying to get an all-female crew um, and we would be out at sea for three weeks um, And that would be like our simulated mission. You know, you're disconnected from everyone else. We're on a boat. We have to work with each other day in and day out. Um, We would also have our own like space experiments, you could say. Um, So we might do like scuba dives to simulate what would be our, you know, research or space mission. Um, But essentially it's supposed to like simulate a lot of the psychology aspects that you deal with when you go to space. Um, But yeah, we're kind of taking a little bit to the next level with the at sea. There's a lot of research analogs. Like the desert research uh, uh, is a huge one. There's also one in Hawaii. Yeah, taking it at sea is going to be interesting. Um, So that's going to be just a unique experience. I'm excited to see a little bit of the psychology side of space as well.
0: Well, you sound like you are hyped for that one. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I love you so much. I know we just met and we are not in a relationship, but I I just love how enthusiastic um, you are about this, which is what we really want. Um, I'm totally fascinated about, I want to go back and, uh, and talk to you about, um, you getting your pilot's license. Um, okay. So what was that experience like and how does that even happen? So if, again, if I'm a girl, um, I'm like, yeah, let me, let me, I'm thinking about flight. I'm thinking about space, but they have no idea how to even get started. What is what are some good first steps you would tell them?
1: Yeah, totally. If you are interested in flying, you know, flying is a really amazing experience. You know, you start it well off with little small Cessnas, little small airplanes, Um, nothing too too intimidating. But I'd definitely say if you just look for like a local airport near you, and you go to that, just drive to the airport and ask them, do you offer flight lessons? And Mm -hmm. kind of try to get some information. Most airports do. Um, If you have like um, like if you live in like a major city, maybe see. if you have like a smaller airport nearby, sometimes like the big major airports like Orlando is probably not going to have like (laughs) as much opportunity as like some of like the smaller airports. So for example, I did mine um, at a really small airport like we don't have a tower totally uncontrolled just you know um a runway in the middle of a field pretty much um and i got in touch with the 99s which is a group of female pilots uh, and they were able to hook me up with a really nice flight instructor just it was like a friend they knew he was great he was really amazing um i loved him as a flight instructor um pretty much flying. It's pretty much you can do it as fast as as much time you have to put into it. So like the more you fly, the faster you can get it done. Um, I, of course, I'm busy. Um so it took me a little bit. It took me about a year to get it done. Um but it was a whole lot of fun and you know the first few times I flew I hated it. You know, I was talking to my dad. I was like I don't want to do this. Um uh, I don't think I'm going to like it. Um my dad, you know, told me, you know, give it one more flight and then we'll like we'll see if you really don't want to do it. You know, you don't have to. Um so I flew one more time and then I was like, "Oh my gosh, this is so cool." <laughs> this um but pretty much it was just something else you know although flying isn't something I want to do professionally it was something that I was still interested in and you know it definitely connects back to space in a lot of ways just having some of those basic knowledge of you know how to fly and how a lot of those different things work and so it was a really cool experience and something that I'm really glad I ended up doing.
0: So yeah I mean so I have a couple of friends who are who are pilots and um I think they had a similar experience. Like the first couple of times, they, uh, you know, when it went in the air, was like, oh, I don't know about this. I don't know. I don't know. But it's something about like maybe the third, fourth, fifth time, it's like a switch sort of got lit, um, and and so they so they caught the they caught the bug, and um, and so they're they're now professional pilots. But um, I love how you you already know. Like, okay, I see the connection to space. This is not quite my thing. Um, But you are pursuing it because, you know, there's a connection to it. So the next part you're going to get the next part, which was say that again for me.
1: So the next thing would be my instrument rating, which pretty much all that really does is you're able to fly in worse your conditions, so like fly through a cloud or fly when you have like worse visibility. So you pretty much just learn a whole lot more about the controls and how to fly using only like internal mm-hmm. controls rather than just like looking outside.
0: Wow. OK, so you're still going to be up in the air um you know trying to do all those things how many hours because don't you have the you have to have a certain set number of hours to you know you have to log a certain set number of hours is that right
1: yeah that's totally right so to actually like get your initial um license you'll have to have like 40 hours of this kind of flying you know like 10 hours of cross country three hours of night you know they'll kind of lay it all out for you um i have about 80 hours under my belt um as of now. Um, but you know, ever since I came to Florida, I haven't been able to do as much flying as I did, you know, at home with my flight instructor. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of why I'm also excited to kind of get back to hopefully doing the instrument rating this summer, just because I would get um, a whole lot more flying experience because I've been out of, out of the loop a little bit for, (laughs) for a while.
0: Got it. Okay. So I have a couple of last little questions for you. One is, um, so I'm thinking to myself, if, so here's a question. So you're two years in, you have a couple more years to go, couple, yeah, a couple more years, um, two years in, what are you seeing, where are you seeing you're going for your like post, um, you know, post-college? Um, so are you thinking you're going to get a master's or a doctorate in something, or are you going right, You you want to go right to work? you know, have you thought through what your plan is?
1: Yeah, yeah. So um, obviously, astrobiology is what I'm going to be working in. However, to eventually apply to the astronaut selection process, I'm going to ha- at least have a master's. Got it. Um, so most likely after, um, after my undergrad, I will probably go straight to a master's. Um, uh, I am uh, I am really interested in International Space University. Um, mm-hmm. So they're technically based out of Strasbourg, um, but they don't necessarily offer astrobiology. They really only offer like two programs, um, but I do think that would be a really amazing experience. So I'll probably go there. And then after my master's, um, I guess I'll kind of see how done with school I will be, but I'll probably <laughs> start working after I'll probably start working after my master's and then also like applying to the astronaut selection process simultaneously. Um, I don't necessarily expect to get selected the first time around. There's a whole lot of stuff that goes into the selection processes. So um, I'll probably, you know, continue to gain work experience while I continue applying and hope for the best. And when it happens, it happens.
0: Oh, I I believe that it's going to happen for you. So the ultimate goal is that you want to, you want to become an astronaut, right? You want to be able to go into space, you know, land on the moon or Mars or go to the the space station and, and do work there, right?
1: Yeah. So the ultimate goal, yeah, of course, would be to be an astronaut. Um, Honestly, the more I've learned about space, of course, being an astronaut is very, very difficult um, in terms of like getting through the selection process. But honestly, ideally, I just want to contribute to the space industry in any way that I can, Um, you know, in regards to what I'm good at, which I guess falls under astrobiology. Um, But yeah, really just kind of contribute in any way that I can. And if that can be done from space, then that's even better.
0: Well, I can tell you that we need you. Um, we need you in the, in the room. We need you in the industry. Um, so keep going. I'm super proud, um, to be able to say, Hey, yeah, I, I, I knew you win. So when I, you know, hopefully I'm, I'm still kicking, um, when it happens, I'm sure I will be that you'll be going into space and hopefully, you know, maybe you'll be the youngest <laughs> to ever do that. Um, Wow. I just want you to know how um, entirely amazing you are um, and keep keep doing this work. So do want to ask you. So where if people are looking for you and I'm sure you, you know, I assure you that people are going to be looking for you. um, Where can they find you? What where do you have a website? Do you have some place where they can look you up and see what you're doing and what you're about?
1: Yeah, yeah. So I have a website which is under nasablueberry.com or if you are looking for any sort of social media that you can think of, um LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, whatever. Um, it's pretty much all under NASA Blueberry, real simple. Um, but yeah, I pretty much just tried to share some opportunities, share some of the stuff I've been doing. Um hopefully there will be a lot more exciting things to come, of course. Things have been relatively boring um with just school and of course, you know, mainly staying home for the most part. But uh, yeah, hopefully some more excitement to come to be able to share with you guys.
0: It's coming. It's coming. We just have to get through this bit of time that we are in. Um, so, yes, um, I assure you it is. It is here. All right. I have it down. Um, but for you know our listeners, you guys know that her bio and her information will be in the show notes. So read the show notes, people read the show notes. Also, okay, so our last question of the day um, is, if you could go back and maybe talk to that, you know, seven-year-old, if you could go back and talk to your younger self, what advice would you give her and why?
1: Yeah, I think that going back to my younger self, I think I would kind of, like, encourage her to, like, push some of the boundaries, like, even more than I did. Um, You know, obviously, the idea of becoming an astronaut is kind of like a set thing, you know, which is honestly what I find kind of bizarre. Um, You know, if you ask how most people became astronauts, maybe they thought about it when they were a kid, but they forgot about it. They went about their lives. One day they were like, huh, here's a selection process. They apply and become an astronaut. Um, So the idea of really having the thought of being an astronaut from a young age is something that we haven't really seen, you know, someone with like the drive or, you know, of course you have to have another job as well, but like the thought of being an astronaut and holding on to that is just something that we never really, that we've never really seen. So I think I would try to tell her a little bit about like how special that is and like how important it is, like um, differentiate that. And, you know, our youngest astronaut right now is 35 and it's like, why is that? You know? Mm -hmm. So it's like, You know, of course, you have to have a master's and be experienced, but you can definitely do that before you're 35. We can definitely have astronauts younger than that. And so I think I would really just want to encourage her to, like, kind of push those boundaries even more. You know, I tried to do things as early as I could, but, you know, give her a little bit more spunk in terms of, like, trying to break down some of these norms that that we're used to seeing.
0: Ooh, love, love that. Um, Because I think, well, I mean, I think that's really good advice and it's really good advice for um, parents and um, young women everywhere who who are maybe thinking that they you know the thing that they wanted to do when they were thirteen or twelve it's too late it's not um, that's number one and number two the breaking of norms is what we have to do if we're going to make a dent in the you know the dearth of women that are in STEM and, and in science so um, we have to we have to be norm busters and maybe rule breakers. And so um, I think that's, I think that's awesome and um, really stellar advice. So I do want to thank you for just agreeing to be on the show today. It's just been a joy to be able to talk to you. So um, yeah, again, thank you.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for having me.
0: All right, you guys. So that is the conclusion of today's episode of Stemming and Stilettos with Dr. Tasha. Um, you guys know um, each and every episode, I, I ask for a couple things. One is is that you you like, subscribe, and continue to listen. And second is that you guys take care of yourself. Until we meet again. Thank you for listening to this episode of Stemming in Stilettos. Please check out the show notes to get additional information about today's guest or today's topic. You can find the podcast on every major podcast platform. You can find additional information about Dr. Tasha at www.drtasha.com. Thanks again, and don't forget to tune in every Tuesday for the latest episode of Stemming in Stilettos.